Let us pray. Father, may we be ever only all for thee. That our lives would be wholly committed to you. Wholly surrendered to you. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts now be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Well, please be seated. Good morning, everyone, both here and virtually. So glad that you've joined us. It was wonderful last Sunday um, to have observed Sanctity of Life Sunday and two Saturdays of the Summit for Life that Anglicans for Life sponsored that completed, wrapped up yesterday. And then this coming Friday morning, for those who may be interested, you do need to pre-register and you can do that via the DOMA website, but there is a prayer service at 9.30 a.m. at the Falls Church, a diocesan-wide prayer service um, for the Sanctity of Life in advance of the March for Life, which is all virtual this year, but this is something that we do every year at the Falls Church at 9.30 a.m. this Friday. So if it works in your schedule, I'd invite you to pre-register and and be a part of that socially distanced service. And thank you, Susie, for sharing last Sunday and the wonderful job that you did sharing from your heart in such a a personal but profound matter. So thank you very much. I do want to invite you to take out your Bibles or devices and turn to Mark chapter 1. And as you're doing that, also um, put a marker or place your thumb in Acts chapter 10. As I said two Sundays ago, this is part two today of my sermon from that day. And my title for both days is An Impartial Gospel based on the words of Acts chapter 10, verse 34, where we read, So Peter opened his mouth and said, Truly I understand that God shows no partiality. It's the idea that God doesn't play favorites. And two weeks ago I began to share a map out with you where I am truly and wholeheartedly convicted that God is leading us as a church, as we move into the future he has for us, and as we live obedient into his call together as a church family. Since then, I've had a number of you contact me in various ways, confirming to me that what I am sensing is from the Lord because it's something that you are hearing as well. And additionally, some of you longer-term members of All Saints Church have told me that what I began sharing two Sundays ago is very much in line with the historic trajectory of God's call to this church, rather than being in any way a departure from that call. Today's gospel reading from Mark 1 is very much in continuity with what I began to share two weeks ago, especially its emphasis on the inbreaking of God's eternal kingdom into this world through Jesus Christ, and in terms or in light of the call to radical discipleship and obedience. So what I want to do is begin today with the, today, I want to begin with today's gospel reading and then couple it with some of the related priorities we see in Acts 10 verses 34 through 38. Then I'll conclude our time by laying out some concrete next steps for us as a church family. So let's talk about the coming of Christ's kingdom first. Mark chapter 1 verses 14 through 20 depicts two distinct but closely related events. First, in verses 14 through 15, we read a very brief account of the launching of Jesus' ministry in Galilee. 
Verse 14 emphasizes that this began after John, meaning after John the Baptist was arrested. And that is very much in accord with what John himself had said must happen. In John chapter 3, verse 30, we see John the Baptist saying to his disciples, he must increase, speaking of Jesus, but I must decrease. The appointed time which the Old Testament prophets pointed to, the moment which John the Baptist spoke of prophetically has arrived in Jesus Christ. And in Galilee, Jesus begins to proclaim, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel, Mark 1.15. Jesus points to a decisive moment. The time is fulfilled. The time is fulfilled. But this is a moment, hear me, this is a moment that has come to pass with lasting rather than momentary significance. This time is fulfilled and it continues to be fulfilled. God's kingdom has indeed broken into human time and history in the person of Jesus, the eternal son of God. And Jesus speaks of a specific moment in time with his incarnation. But the language here in Mark chapter 1 verse 15 also indicates the lasting, ongoing, continuing significance of these words. God is at work. God is at work, continuing to bring all of this to pass. And how is he doing this? God is doing this through you and me. Through the one true church of Jesus Christ through those who have been and who continue to be transformed by Jesus Christ and who are ever more yielded to Christ's call to radical discipleship and obedience. It is God's will to turn this world upside down by the power of Jesus Christ and the spirit of God at work in the world. God's will, hear me, God's will is that the powers of darkness, evil, and spiritual tyranny be put to flight and ultimately cast down. God's will is that human sin would be crushed and that his kingdom will triumph. What is God's plan for this? It is through his church, the bride of Christ. The church is not plan B. The church is not, oh, we'll do it that way in the economy of the Godhead, if nothing else works, this is God's plan. People from every nation, tribe, and tongue who are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, committed to lives of radical discipleship, and who are walking in the anointing and the power of the Spirit of God. This is God's plan to continue to accomplish his purposes. This is God's plan for carrying out the reality that the time is fulfilled and the time continues to be fulfilled. And now, now is the time. But kingdom life requires radical obedience. I know I've used that word several times already this morning. But kingdom life does indeed require radical obedience. And there is an urgency in responding to Christ's call. We read Jesus' words to those first disciples in verse 17 where he says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. 
And Jesus' call is also to you and to me and to all saints' church. And Jesus is saying, follow me. Follow me. Follow me into a life of radical obedience and discipleship. And the urgency? What about the urgency? Look at verse 18, speaking of Simon Peter, and then again, Andrew Excuse me, verse 18, speaking of Simon, Peter, and Andrew. And verse, thir- verse 20, speaking of James and John. Again, looking at Mark 1. Verse 18, immediately they left their nets. Verse 20, and immediately he called them and they left. Jesus called them to follow and trust. And radical obedience, as Larry Hurtado in his commentary on this passage says, he called them to mission, not to be observers. Yes, we must count the cost, but the call of God is also immediate, and the life and the call to a life of radical discipleship is immediate. And Christ's call for them and for us means leaving behind earthly-minded ways of being and doing and living. Did you hear that? Let me repeat that. Christ's call means leaving behind and laying aside earthly-minded ways of being and doing and living. Just as these first disciples cut their ties with their life of fishing in that moment, Jesus calls us as his disciples to sever ties, did you hear that? To sever ties that tether us in unhealthy ways to the things of this world, that attach us in unhealthy ways to this world. To be clear, he is not taking us out of this world. He does not take us out of this world. Instead, Jesus, in his calling to be radical disciples, keeps us in this world, but he keeps us here, as citizens of his kingdom, as disciples of Jesus being ever increasingly conformed day by day into his likeness. He keeps us here as his people. He keeps us here as his church. He keeps us here as his disciples. We are here as citizens of God's eternal kingdom to do his work as Christ's rule is established. So what is God saying to us? To what is God calling All Saints Church in this time? I have a couple points. The first one is this. The time, as we've already said, the time is fulfilled. God is calling us to follow him, to follow in lives of radical discipleship so that we are transformed and then through us, as God transforms us, his transforming grace and power will also touch those in our community through his work in us. But it requires us yielding to his work in us, aligning us with his heart and will and plans and priorities in our lives. Second, Fullness of life in God's kingdom requires God's methods and God's means. So what do God's means look like? 
for the answer to this, we need to look to the scriptures, to God's word. And we've already read of the immediacy of God's call in our gospel reading today. But let's back up. I'd ask you to put your fingers there. Back up to our reading in Acts chapter 10, verses 34 through 38 from two Sundays ago. And again, we've already seen that God does not show partiality. God doesn't play favorites in verse 34. But we also see our ministry is through Jesus. And by his grace and power, it must be like his. Because it is indeed his ministry through us. So we must work in the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit. Acts 10, 38 reminds us how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. That is what God is calling us to, even as we prayed today in the collect of the day. Give us grace, O Lord, to answer readily the call of our Savior, Jesus Christ, and proclaim to all people the good news of his salvation, that we and the whole world may perceive the glory of his marvelous works. God is calling us to live out this ministry of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit, doing good, healing those who are oppressed of the devil because the Lord is with us. And we do that with the Holy Spirit and the power of the Spirit. I shared two Sundays ago as well a number of prophetic words that were given in this, for this church even years ago. And there's one in particular that I had in writing that Mother Valerie gave me that was from May of 2001. And it says this, which is very much in line, I believe, with what God is calling and accomplishing and wills to accomplish in us even now. I'm going to read it in part. I am giving you an opportunity, an opportunity to seize the way, the way to fulfill my plans and my purposes, which I have for you. But remember, my ways are not your ways. My ways are higher than your ways. The battle is about life change from complacency, apathy, and attachment to the world, to commitment, conviction, perseverance, and faith. Seek me for the way. Be like the king who counted the cost before entering the battle. Then engage it and watch me give you the victory. So where do we begin? One, we must begin with prayer. We must begin with prayer. I am calling our congregation to an extended time of prayer specifically for our community. By the end of this week, there will be a sign-up for that on the church website. I, you know, it, it's one thing for us to say, yes, we're going to pray, but I think there's value for all of us to sign up for a specific day and for a specific time. I, I'm not going to tell you, we're not going to tell you how you need to do that on that day. You set the time aside as much as God leads you to, if God leads you to fast during that time or for that day as well, um, so be it. We would ask you to do that. But, but pray and set that time aside as the Lord would lead you. But we're going to have a sign up on the church website 
And for those of you who um, are getting a recording of this service who don't have internet access, all you need to do is call the office and we will make sure that you are included on that. And what we will do, um, we'll have a sign up on the church website, watch the newsletter this week for more specific information. And then each month, beginning in February, we will give all of you who are partnering in this way specific areas of prayer focus for the Dale City community. It may be for specific streets or specific subdivisions or specific cultural or ethnic groups. It may be um, to pray against certain issues related to crime or, or drug abuse and praying for our schools, different things like that. So that will be coming. It will be anywhere from three to four each month, specific areas of focus. We have to begin with prayer. Because we have to have the heart and mind of God and we must be aligned with God's plans and purposes. We can't start by saying, oh God, we've got this great idea about how we are going to reach Dale City. Now we've come up with it. Isn't it wonderful, Lord? Now, now come on and bless it. No, that is, that's the wrong place to start. We have to start with congregational prayer. And that prayer will continue even as we move into specific activities and ways of doing outreach. The vestry and staff of this church began praying and fasting. Each of us signed up for a day a week in November, praying for the needs of this church. And that will continue, but that will also be shifting and including this prayer focus that we are joined together in as a congregation for our community of Dale City. We are also working toward, it's not quite in place yet, but availing folks who want to gather in very small socially distanced groups in the prayer room to pray for these specific needs, to do that as well. And we will be scheduling times for that. Shelley Lingamfelter has very graciously offered to take the lead in that area in terms of coordinating people that would sign up to come together in groups of three or four people, socially distanced, and she will make sure, or the team leaders will make sure that the prayer room is sanitized both before and after that usage. But we will also be having that coming in the next few weeks. So be watching for more information for that. The third way that we will be moving forward in prayer, and this will be coming hopefully in February, is we will start putting together prayer teams with what we will call team leaders or team captains who will be kind of the, the facilitator to do prayer walks in Dale City. And we will have specific areas identified. And these will be small teams of anywhere from three to five people. If we go into communities, we don't want to look like there's some invasion coming onto a cul-de-sac, but this needs to be discreet. This is a spiritual activity. It's not to draw the attention of people. It's to have the heart and mind of God. And I believe that God will show us how to pray to address specific spiritual concerns and strongholds in our community as we do those walks, I am working with the intercessory prayer leaders here in the church to begin developing team captains. And then we will have signups for that as well. And folks will be asked to do that. If you commit, you know, there may be some teams that walk once a week and others that will walk once a month um, on specific days. And that is something that our youth can be a part of. That is something that families can be a part of. But where we will actually walk and pray for specific homes, specific neighborhoods in the Dale City community. So there'll be more coming on that very soon. Third, as we see in Acts, as we see throughout the New Testament, we must move forward in the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit. We had planned this past year to have Bishop Bill Murdoch in at the end of March 
to have a, a teaching and series and ministry series on the person and work of the Holy Spirit. Um, COVID curtailed that. That will be getting rescheduled in God's timing as soon as the COVID issues lift and we can have a larger gathering because that type of gathering with teaching and, and praying for people specifically is virtually impossible to do with social distancing. But, but we need the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Every one of us needs to have God's power, this baptism of fullness of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And if, if we've had that and we're resting somehow on our laurels of past experiences, we need a fresh infilling, an anointing of God for the work he is calling us to do in this season because this will never be accomplished in the weakness of the flesh. We must have the power of God's Spirit. And that is God's plan and God's purpose when we look at Scripture for the fullness of the Holy Spirit. What did Jesus say in Acts 1.8? You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. Not you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and it's a bless me club for personal devotion or something for you to hoard and to hang on to. There's incredible blessing in the fullness and the presence of the Spirit in our lives. But God's purpose for that is for effective witness through God's mean and God means and God's anointing and through God's power. So we will be looking forward to opportunities in the near future to wait in the Lord's presence for the fullness of his spirit afresh on all of us. More to come on that very soon. And then fourthly, finally, actually fifthly, Prayer, individual prayer, prayer groups, prayer in the prayer room, prayer walks, the anointing of the Spirit. But then finally, we need to act on those things that God is calling us to do now, even in the midst of COVID. And God is still revealing and we're seeking him for those things. But one thing that we know that God is calling us to do that we have discerned is to expand our food pantry. And this is a way to have meaningful contact with people from our community. I was blessed this morning driving in. I see that Dale City Baptist Church is doing a food giveaway on February 13th. It's on their, their um, marquee sign out in front of the church. The more churches that do this, the better. We are not in competition with other churches in this community that are preaching the gospel, regardless of what name or denominational title they may bear. There are more than enough people who don't know Jesus in this community. We don't need to be in competition with other believers, amen? This is not about shifting saints from one set of pews to the other. This is about reaching those who don't know Jesus. But this food pantry, which God is burning into our hearts and, and really was an outgrowth in terms of its expansion an outgrowth of what God called us to with the live nativity, which again is a first step that we could do even during COVID to introduce people to who we are as a church and the message that we are about life and discipleship in Jesus. The food pantry gives us an opportunity to do that. And I know some of you have signed up, but there will be opportunities to sign up even more. We're looking at putting together, taking a team approach to this. So there will be people that help with intake and um, maintaining the groceries and rotating things out so they don't expire. There will be other teams that prepackage groceries for those who will be receiving them. And then we'll have distribution teams with set hours where people come to the front of the church 
And the other thing that we're looking to do, um, prayer team folks haven't talked to you about this yet, but one of the things we're looking to do also is to have a small group of intercessors here out front who would be interceding during that time as people from the community come up. And also, um, especially after COVID, but even during COVID with some social distancing, be available for confidential prayer. If people have a need, they can pull off to the side and they can come up to those trained prayer team people to have their needs prayed for. So that's where we're starting. We are, the plan is to, God willing, have this up and running by the end of February. But these are just some beginnings to what God is calling us to as we move into the future he has for us. As I shared two weeks ago, Dale City is an incredibly diverse community. And the vision that God keeps speaking to me, the word God keeps speaking to me is many peoples, one Lord. Many peoples, one Lord. God has brought the nations of the world right here to our doorstep. And despite the language barriers, despite the cultural divides that exist, God is calling us to reach them. Will we make some mistakes along the way? Will, some, will we do some things that don't go so well? Absolutely. But ministry is messy. Anybody know that ministry can be messy? And God's not going to bring to us perfect people who have everything fixed. Any more than you and I have everything fixed. He's going to bring to us people who need the grace and the love and the transforming power of Jesus Christ in their lives. And then he will give us the grace and the power to minister to them and to walk with them and see them come into a life of fully devoted disciples of Jesus, growing into radical obedience to his call. I believe this is what God is calling us to in this season. We don't have all the answers. I certainly don't have all my ducks in a row in terms of how this needs to play out and how we're going to do this. But you know, one of the things that God has, and I'm way off script, but I feel like this is very much from the Lord. One of the things God has taught me in my life time and time again, those of you that know me, I like to be organized. I like to have my plan. I like to have my five steps laid out. And it's important to plan. It's important to strategize. But one of the things God has repeatedly taught me in my life is I'm going to call you and do things in a way that doesn't fit your plan. And I think God, for me, I'm speaking personally, God has, to do, has had to do that in me so many times because that's where I really step into trusting him and say, Lord, I don't know how this is all going to come together, but I know this is what you're calling me, you're calling us to. And the same is true with us as a church. Yes, as God leads us, we plan and strategize, but we also trust him to accomplish his work through his means. Amen? So where we will start is with prayer. Be watching this week, and then we will continue praying into things as God unfolds. If God lays things on your heart in these times of prayer, please share them with me. Share them with other leaders so that we can then be praying and discerning together as a body how God is leading us into this future that he has for us as a church. Because indeed he is calling us and God shows no partiality. He is calling us. In the midst of doing outreach around the world through missionaries, he's calling us more than ever to reach our community, our neighborhood, the nations of the world right here in Dale City. Let us pray. Father, this is a serious and sacred season in the life of our church.
in the midst of all the turmoil in our culture, in the midst of the turmoil of COVID, not just here, but all around the world. You were calling us to be ambassadors of your kingdom, to follow you in radical obedience, to follow you in the anointing and the power of your Holy Spirit. So Lord, in each of us and in all of us as a church family, untether us from those things of this world, those attachments that hold us back from you and your plans and your purposes. Lord, help us to lay aside the ways of the world, the ways of thinking and being and doing that are not from you. And Lord, we pray that you would speak to us, that you would align our hearts and minds and lives with your heart, that you would give us eyes, Father, to see the harvest that you are bringing to our doorstep. And that, Lord, you would uphold us in the power of your spirit, that we would not faint or fall back in this time of battle, but that in you and your strength and your power, we would step out in faith, trusting you. And we would stand still even in our action and see the salvation of our God. Lord, we pray for our community, for, our, for Dale City, our Jerusalem. And Lord, for the multitudes of people who don't know you multitudes of people trapped in darkness and addiction and sin who don't even know where to turn, who don't even know that you alone hold the answer for their lives to set them free. So Lord, we pray life, the life of Jesus over Dale City. We pray the transforming power of the gospel over our community. We, God, we pray blessing on every church in this community, no matter what name or label they may bear that is faithfully upholding the truth of your gospel, that you would bless them. And Lord, that you would bless us as we follow you. Lord, give us grace, give us power, give us strength to live into that which you are calling us to. And, as you, and we pray, Lord, that you would continue to unfold your plan and your purposes for us and for this community, for the glory of your name. We ask these things through Jesus Christ, our risen Lord. Amen. Amen. Amen.